0: is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Police in Brazil arrested around 1,200 people involved in the storming of government buildings in the capital, Brasilia, on Sunday. The Supreme Court has ordered that tented camps of bolsonaristas, supporters of Jair Bolsonaro, a former president, who were behind the riots, be dismantled. President Luis Inacio Lula da Silva blamed Mr. Bolsonaro for, quote, encouraging the mob and condemned the police for acting too slowly. Mr. Bolsonaro, who is currently in Florida, denied the accusations and condemned the violence. Damage to the ozone layer will recover for most of the world by 2040, according to a new UN report. The hole in the atmospheric shield, discovered in the 1980s and found to be caused by pollutants, such as chlorofluorocarbons, exposed life on Earth to increased solar radiation. But the layer started to heal after all governments agreed in 1987 to ban most ozone-depleting chemicals. Ukraine said Russia launched another, quote, powerful assault on Solodar in the eastern Donbass region Earlier, Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said his forces were, quote, repelling constant Russian attempts to advance on Bakhmud, just 12 miles, 20 kilometers from Solodar. Meanwhile, Britain's government is reportedly mulling sending NATO-standard battle tanks to Ukraine, the first such donation by a Western country. China conducted its second round of military exercises around Taiwan in less than a month. Taiwan's government said that four Chinese warships and 57 planes had passed near the island. Around half the aircraft breached Taiwan's air defense identification zone. The show of force comes as a delegation of German politicians arrived in Taiwan, which China calls its own. America's largest association of pediatricians issued new guidelines recommending treating childhood obesity earlier and aggressively. In addition to behaviour changes, the authors advised weight loss drugs for children as young as 12 and referrals for bariatric surgery for 13-year-olds. The group's previous guidelines, last updated in 2007, emphasised, quote, watchful waiting. The condition now affects nearly one fifth of Americans aged 2 to 19. AstraZeneca, an Anglo Swedish pharmaceutical giant, agreed to buy Syncor Pharma, an American biotech company, for $1.8 billion. The acquisition will boost AstraZeneca's development of heart and kidney drugs, its second most lucrative after its cancer treatments. Syncor, faced a sell-off in November after a trial of Baxtrostat, a drug designed to lower blood pressure, fell short of expectations. A shortage of onions in the Philippines has sent their price to eye-watering heights. At more than 600 pesos, $10.88 per kilogram, or three times that of a chicken, the country plans to import 22,000 tons of the staple to ease pressure on inflation which reached a 14-year high of 8.1% in December. Of that, onions accounted for 0.3 percentage points. And fact of the day, 88%, the share of Christian members in America's 118th Congress.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. TikTok goes to Brussels. Chu, the chief executive of TikTok, a China-based social media platform, will meet representatives of the EU in Brussels on Tuesday. The meetings, including one with Margaret Vestager, the EU's antitrust chief, are unlikely to yield headline-grabbing results. But they are a sign that the EU is keeping a close eye on the firm. Brussels insiders say they will not hesitate to make TikTok comply with the EU's digital laws, such as the new Digital Services Act, which aims to limit illegal content on online platforms. Politicians and parents worry that TikTok, which serves as an addictive stream of videos, does not moderate its content well enough. Regulators are also concerned about privacy, particularly transfers of personal data to China. TikTok is already subject to several EU investigations. Still, the bloc is unlikely to ban the service or force it to sell itself to a Western firm, as is being considered in America. There, the tech cold war with China is already in full swing. Turkey's Largest Kurdish Party Under Threat On Tuesday, Turkey's high court will hear the government's case for shutting down the country's largest Kurdish party, five months ahead of general and presidential elections in June. The government says the People's Democratic Party, HDP, has violated anti-terror laws. The court will also hear cases against 451 individual HDP members, including nearly all its parliamentarians. Any found guilty will be banned from politics for five years. Last week, a different court froze the party's funds. In 2015, the HDP became the first Kurdish party to take seats in parliament. Today, it is the third largest party overall, holding 56 of 600 seats. But Turkey's government, led by President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, accuses the HDP of links to the banned Kurdish Workers' Party, PKK, an armed group fighting an insurgency in southeast Turkey. Kurds account for around one-fifth of Turkey's population. Their votes are important in any opposition bid to topple Mr. Erdogan. But if the HDP is outlawed, then the main opposition bloc, which includes nationalists hostile to the Kurds, will struggle to woo their vote. Another attempt to reform French pensions French leaders tinker with pension rules at their peril. One attempt to get the French to work until later in life, in 1995, was shelved after weeks of protests and strikes. So was Emmanuel Macron's first effort as president, which he abandoned in 2020. On Tuesday, his government will try again. It is expected to recommend raising the retirement age from 62 years to at least 64. French workers retire earlier than those in most other OECD countries and live longer, too. The cost of paying current French pensions is 14% of GDP, nearly double the OECD average. By 2032, the system will face a gaping deficit. Yet the government's plan will prompt protests. Mr. Macron lost his parliamentary majority last year, and public opinion, unions, and most opposition parties are against increasing the retirement age. This latest pension battle will be a litmus test for the president's hopes of continuing to reform France in his second term. Bed, Bath & Beyond buckles Investors expect more bad news when Bed, Bath & Beyond, an American homewares giant with around 700 shops, reports its quarterly results on Tuesday. Last week, the company warned that sales had been hurt. Wary suppliers have reduced deliveries to b and b outlets, emptying its shelves after the company fell behind on payments. The news followed a painful few years, and underinvestment in e-commerce saw bb sales start to slump in 2018. An attempted turnaround was derailed by an unsuccessful shift towards own-brand products at the expense of those from recognized firms. Hopes were lifted last year when Ryan Cohen, an activist investor beloved by amateur traders, took a stake in the business and the chief executive was shown the door. But they were dashed again when Mr. Cohen sold out in August. Although BB&B raised fresh funds last year and shuttered around 150 shops, its mounting losses and shrinking cash reserves have inspired rumors of a pending bankruptcy. The Golden Globes glitter again. The Golden Globes ceremony on Tuesday will be a star-studded affair. Broadcast live on NBC, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's 80th Awards Bash will include Quentin Tarantino, Anna de Armas, and Jamie Lee Curtis among its presenters, and Steven Spielberg, Daniel Craig, and Elizabeth Debicki among its nominees. What a difference a year makes. Last year's ceremony took place in private with no celebrity guests. The HFPA was in disgrace after the Los Angeles Times spotlighted its lack of black members and love of freebies. A few reforms later, including the appointment of a chief diversity officer, and Hollywood seems to have forgiven and forgotten. With box office takings last year one-third lower than before the pandemic, perhaps the industry will accept all the publicity it can get. Or maybe after Will Smith, an actor, slapped Chris Rock, a comedian, at last year's Oscars, the Globes seem quite respectable in comparison. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 Hours GMT on Friday to Espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. What name did Plato give to the group of people who would rule his ideal republics? Monday. Which novel was the first in the historical series about the British Navy written by Patrick O'Brien? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robinson Jeffers, who was born on this day in 1887. Long live freedom and damn the ideologies. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week.